For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Back here on the Boston Man Show, here with Coach Johnny Jones, Coach of Texas Southern Tigers, out of SWAC in Houston, Texas. Coach Jones, good to catch up with you again. How are things going with you and your family, Coach? Hey, it's been good. You know, it's been um, a long time, uh, six months or so, uh, shutting down since last uh, since March and uh, going through the quarantine. But uh, we've been very blessed and fortunate uh, that uh, we've been healthy and uh, nothing has happened, and uh, we've uh, been fortunate to, uh, to get through it, uh, but uh, we've been uh, extremely blessed and, and very thankful uh, that things have gone really well uh, so far for us, and uh, fortunate today is uh, Friday, and uh, we were able to get back in the office, I think, uh, for a little bit on Monday and Tuesday, and uh, able to be with our team for the first time on uh, Wednesday. Uh, of this week for the first time since um, March. Uh, so hopefully things are making some progress, but it's uh, it's been a long time coming. Now, Coach, you know, uh, it was March 11th. was my birthday when everything for me changed because, you know, the house with the Hawks and, you know, putting in the Knicks that night, and I got a text in, we're suspended. And I used probably the only way to Birmingham and Birmingham for the SWAT tournament. So how was it for your team to go from – so a tournament, conference tournament, maybe trying to get to the NCAA tournament, maybe or even playing the postseason somewhere. Uh, then the virus comes, you're back home, spring break hits, going from on campus to virtual. How was that whole process for you and your team during that tough period in March there? I'll tell you, I've been uh, coaching for uh, 30 something plus years and been blessed to be, you know, in the head coach's position for uh, nearly uh, 20. And I could say it was probably one of the most difficult times. Um, that I've experienced uh, as a head coach with the team, one, uh, because we didn't have any control over the situation. It wasn't like we were in a game and somebody hit a last-second shot or uh, we, you know, just, just something crazy that wind up happening uh, in the game. That wasn't the case. Uh, so it was uh, the, the tough part for us is that um, you get that call. We felt like we were playing extremely well. We felt like we were finally healthy uh, for the conference tournament. And our guys were excited about, you know, hopefully the opportunity uh, that was in front of them. So we were sitting there in Birmingham and uh, actually up that morning getting ready for a, a practice and uh, in, in, in getting ready to go to the gym and uh, get a phone call and was on the phone with uh, um, their athletic director and a commissioner. 
and they notified us that uh, there was some movement. And I'd already gotten wind that the NBA was kind of in a little bit of a flux and the SEC was, uh, some things were going on there. And I was thinking that this was possibly was going to uh, fall to us uh, as well. But when it did and when we got that call and they have to walk into that meeting room uh, with those guys to break that news to them, uh, was extremely tough uh, because of just like everybody else in the country, how they've prepared and gotten ready and looking for that moment in the NCAA tournament and, and our seniors that were sitting in that room uh, looking for an opportunity to be on that floor again. This may have been their last game that they obviously uh, had no control of the situation. So it was really difficult. And then we wind up, um, you know, we're packing up and getting to the airport and getting back home and um, shutting it down. And uh, so uh, it was tough. And uh, obviously when you care about these guys and what's going on around them and you're used to being around them and you're used to the season ending some kind of way where you have a chance to end it on, on certain terms of uh, see filling and touching them and, and, and explaining what has happened and what we got transitioned to, this season ended so abruptly uh, that we had no control. So it was tough, uh, but, you know, we live and learn, and this was an experience we've gone through, and hopefully uh, we will grow stronger uh, from it, including the guys that were seniors uh, that had a tremendous uh, experience and an impact on our program. Hopefully they will grow from that situation as well. And Coach, like you said, 2020 has been a year of learning for a lot of people. You know, I'm 33 years old and I'm a little older than your players are, but it's like, you know, having to adapt and adjust to the reality of the world, how the world can hit you in such a way that it changes your whole way, way of doing things in your new, new normal. So for young men to be able to learn this at a younger age than myself, who had changed my life, of course, I mean, my 33, 30s, but, you know, the geese, I mean, we change for us our lives because 2020 talks about a lesson for life that you can't control what you can control. You have to be prepared for whatever life throws your direction. I feel like it's a great life lesson, also a lesson in basketball sports as well, but also in life going forward all the way, Coach. Yeah, you certainly uh, got to embrace it. And we talk to them all the time and, and we're training and we're doing all these things, and, and you talk about if we do X, Y, and Z, yeah, we let the rest take care of itself, uh, as long as we prepare ourselves and, and get ready. And when you go through all those challenges and you do all those things, and that opportunity is not presented to you, it is almost like it's snatched away from you. Uh, it's difficult because it's, it's hard to answer, you know, at, at the end of the day. And uh, there are some things that, uh, you know, again, uh, things that you have control over, uh, you try to master those. And, and these guys had understood, you know, you, you have setbacks uh, throughout your life. And then how you deal with those is uh, how you have an opportunity to move forward. And then a lot of times setbacks are set up for a comeback. And in this situation, there was nothing. You know, we were hoping that we would get back home and in a few days or weeks, uh, you know, a week or so, that something would come up and they would say, okay, we're going to resume the tournament. Uh, and that never happened. And when you get that call that they're going to shut it down and the basketball season is over, uh, I mean, just a lot is, uh, it, it was draining for you. But I, I truly believe in, that early on, they knew uh, not 
the basketball coaches, not maybe the athletic directors and the commissioners that's running the league or NCAA, but there are people higher um, in authority that, that knew how bad the situation was but didn't come out and say it uh, to the point that you shut everything down right then. I thought that they did a decent, I guess they gave us some small doses of everything because they felt like it, they gave us the whole dose and told us everything that uh, they weren't sure how uh, we would react. So I guess the small doses gave guys a little bit of hope and let them down gradually instead of just hitting them in the head all of a sudden and saying, hey, it's over and that's it, and how do you deal with it? So it gave them hope. We got back to our respective places, around people, talking to other folks, and I think we were gradually let down. Well, definitely. And, Coach, I know that the role of an academic advisor was big for you guys, making sure the kids kept their grades up, the young men got the academics done, because going from on in class, in person, on campus, to being virtual, to your own devices. Uh, I know you can check it on Blackboard what they're doing, but you know, when a young man's to himself about to conquer, have to go run a lap or get, you know, do something for punishments in class, they might take a step back. So how do you guys keep your young men engaged in the classroom with academic advisors so they can keep their grades up and keep the team GPA up for the spring semester there? I'll tell you what, tremendous question. We've been blessed, fortunate over the years. Each year, I would take three to four of my players and assign one of the basketball coaches to them. And he's not just the, the basketball coach to them. He becomes their kind of the life coach and the academic coach and all those things as well, not just and that's removed from the basketball side of it. So I want to make sure that, that coach is in this guy's life. Uh, and we got to know who he is, uh, is a person about their family. If somebody's sick in their family, we've got to really dig into him. So we're not just sitting there and massaging the, the athlete that he is. We've got to make sure that we do that in terms of the person, in terms of preparing and getting them ready for their future. And with that, each coach is responsible for three to four guys, and they've got to really be into their life. And these guys have done a superior job of, of uh, taking ownership of their three to four guys they're responsible for. So they've got to know about the academics. They've got to know when they have tests coming up. They've got to know when they have quiz coming up. They've got to know the results of their tests. So if a kid wind up getting an A on a test have done extremely well, that coach needs to come to me prior to practice and tell me, hey, you know, uh, such such made a – uh, a or B on his test yesterday it was extremely tough and I need to be able to pat him on the back and he need to understand that I know that he's done extremely well and then I may, hey, congratulations on that uh, econ, econ test, whatever. Uh, heard you aced it, proud of you. And if somebody had a setback and hadn't done as well and they need to tutor and we need to be on the top of it and ahead of it. So if they come to me and hey, such, such didn't do so well on test, now I can pull that guy to the side Ask me what's going on. Heard you didn't do well on your test. We got to get you some tutoring. Uh, so they'll know that we connected with them, and it's more about basketball. So our academic advisor did a tremendous job with our guys, standing on top of them, making sure that uh, they, they were on top of everything, but along with our coaches as well. So we have what we feel like is a safety net around our guys. And if uh, that, that it would make it extremely hard for them to fail, 
because we're there and try to be there every step of the way uh, with them. And uh, with that, we probably had the be we had the best semester uh, probably maybe uh, I'd almost say almost in the history of the program with a high GPA. I think we wind up finishing with a three four uh, GPA overall uh, with their team, and uh, the guys were excited about it. He and I uh, was extremely focused, and I had to commend them for the great job that they had done uh, throughout this pandemic. And coach, I know you probably didn't care about how to keep guys in shape as much, but we want to be safe. So, how do your strength coaching you guys kind of map out for guys who might not have a hoop available at home, back at home, or to get them out there running a little bit so they're not so far to shape when you get them back here on campus? Now we had to start from scratch. So, how is that process trying to kind of keep the young men quasi in shape in the midst of the pandemic, knowing that, that some of them can't get to hoops and get out the way they want to, to get kind of get themselves in that basketball ground again once they get back on campus? Well, you know, some guys are, are self-starters and kind of self-motivated. That's just kind of what they do, and it's kind of a part of their nature. But to think that you've got 15 or 16 guys like that on your team, I think, uh, you know, sometime it, 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 it uh, doesn't just happen that way. And, and are they really going to push themselves uh, like we would if we were in practice every day, or are they just doing enough to really break a sweat and feel like they've accomplished something to say, okay, I got my work in that day and they're on to the video games or, or wherever uh, that, that day. So uh, uh, we feel like, uh, one, when we got back, we could tell we had some guys that obviously have been running. And, and one of the things is on our Zoom calls with their team, we tried to encourage them about working out and understanding when we come back, we've, we've, we've got to obviously do the condition we want to make sure that you're not totally uh, broken down. So, uh, but for the most part, I, th I thought we were in a good place. But our strength conditioning coach spoke with each guy, knowing that they couldn't go to a uh, health club or workout center or a gym or anything like that. So what do you have around your house? So he tried to devise a workout plan for each one of the guys that uh, from what materials they may have had around their house, even if it was so much as, uh, they back they backpack putting books in it uh, and other objects so they can get their squats and being there at home. So it was a series of things like that uh, that they were able to work out with and uh, that he gave them scenarios that they could do that would try to help them stay toned until they were able to get back. And uh, I was pleased for the most part that uh, some of our guys, you could see that uh, uh, was preparing and getting ready. Uh, for the moment uh, when we were able to get back and we saw that on Wednesday. Most definitely. And Coach, uh, you know, uh, how have you kind of stressed to your young men about COVID in that, you know, you have to say no things you want to say yes to because they know you're, you're a young guy, you want to go out to the movies, to the mall, go on a date, but that could cause a trouble for the team because Fred wants the team. So how have you talked to your young men about, hey, you have to say no things you want to say yes to, you. we can be accountable to each other and our, any, our team and our community because one mistake can cause outbreak and hurt everybody and could railroad our season if, if we not don't take the right responsibility and do the right thing and say no to things we want to say yes to, not possibly at risk to get COVID. Right. It makes it extremely important and even take it further, uh, making sure that you put yourself in a safe zone uh, that you're not going to be affected because uh, there are a lot of the deaths out there. Uh, over 200,000 as we speak uh, today just in the uh, United States. So 
that's a big number. And uh, so you can't put yourself in an isolated situation and say that it couldn't be you or anything. So uh, you've got to make sure that you're careful. And if it's not for you, for someone else, your loved ones, some of these kids, uh, you know, around their parents, they're around their grandparents, around their loved ones. And so even when you stand kind of in a confined situation, supposedly quarantined, and stand away from your team, who are you affecting if you're out there living some other type of lifestyle, if you're trying to go out at night and being with friends or whatever, you're not being responsible. And this is not a time uh, to do that. So we would like to see growth and maturity really during this period that you're not going to affect and that you're really showing a level of concern about other people. And uh, I think our guys have done that. Unfortunately, we've had uh, some instances even on our team where we've had some guys with loved ones who've uh, suffered uh, from this uh, uh, COVID. And, and, and uh, uh, I think some, several of them know people who didn't make it. Uh, and, and me as well, in doing our Zoom calls, I could tell them in, uh, about people that I know uh, that uh, may have been in great shape or was considered uh, that way and uh, unfortunately didn't make it and have um, gotten this uh, virus and, and, and unfortunately died. So really tried to harp on that with the guys. And then the other thing is putting themselves in a position that we've been off for quite some time, for several months. And the last thing you want to do is come back you're tested and they tell you now you've got to stay away 14 more days. How far, much further are you going to have yourself behind and not being with your teammates and then bringing that in uh, as well. And at the same time, when we do get back together and everybody's fine, we're trying to get to the games and play. How important it is that you don't miss games or cause your teammates to miss games because of your carelessness. And I think it really shows a sign of guys are trying to take care of themselves and not put themselves in harm's way or their team in harm's way. It shows a sense of discipline and caring as well uh, to try to put themselves in position to play their games. And no, we're not like the NBA and we're not in a bubble, but can you do your part as well as you can with the means that we have to give us and assure us the opportunity that we're putting our best foot forward to have an opportunity to one have a season to be playing back in games and not putting our teammates or managers, uh, trainers, coaches, or anybody else in home way because of our lack of discipline and, and selfishness to want to try to get out there and do things and just saying, well, it's not going to happen to me. Uh, and, and, and you just can't do that. Right here in Atlanta, Georgia State's starting quarterbacks out for the year with a – he had COVID, now he's having a heart issue because uh, the heart muscle enlarged now because of having COVID. His heart swollen. And then young man in California, 20 years old, died at a college football player. So there's examples of guys that their age that where, hey, you, you might not have any symptoms of, like, the virus, but it's still doing something to you internally and it's affecting the heart. And the heart is – you need – the heart's everything to our, our bodies, you know. If the heart goes, we go. So I think that example for those your, your young men is going to be very key to show them, hey, guys, your age can get it. And also it's affecting pe black people more and black, black people more than it is other people in the country. So I think there are three solid examples for your young men to say, hey, we might want to just chill out and not put ourselves at risk because it can happen to us if we're not careful. And that's the thing is uh, just letting them know that it can really hit home and you don't have to wait until it's on your front porch to try to address it. 
you've got to sit from before, and it's just like today. And he had uh, obviously at the beginning of his call, or possibly should have said something. You know, we're talking about uh, uh, 9/11 uh, or whatever. Uh, a lot of times, we're, uh, in in one certainly give gratitude to those who really fought for our country and, and really have, uh, kept us safe. And this would uh, say that some gave some, all gave some, some gave all um, at the end of the day. And uh, we certainly uh, were blessed in, in, in thinking of those today. But when I knew back in uh, 2001, when this was going on, when it was happening, I used to look around and things be happening in foreign countries and you see things getting blown up and things happening and people at war. And until that day on 9-11 back in, I guess, 2001 when this occurred, that you sit in there and these things are happening in your country and you look and you, you've you kind of thrown them back because you used to just going about your everyday life when you're watching mm-hmm. TV and it's happening in these foreign countries. Now it's here. It's on our soil. It's on our front porch. Now we're dealing with it different and we're watching the news so that's kind of where this virus is. You don't have to wait until it's sitting in your living room. Okay. They're telling you and giving you everything right now of what's going on, the possibilities, and, and this thing is a moving target and it's not just one thing, how it affects you and how you have to guard it and be as safe as you possibly can. Don't be an example. Learn from others' uh, mistakes or whatever and have an opportunity uh, to move forward. So. Uh, that's just a message that we try to get home all the time. We're hopeful that it resonates with our guys. And, Coach, you know, seeing all the social justice unrest in the country with George Floyd, Bond Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and Rashad Brooks right here in my backyard here in Atlanta. Um, how have you tried to tell your young men about, hey, hey, we have to really be vigilant and careful. Um, this is a reality we're living in right now, and we have to carry ourselves with, with class dignity because when we took off our TSU gear, we're just a, a young black man in America. Same with you and myself. I tell about my radio gear, or you took off your coaching gear. We're just two black men in America. So we have to really move with a different level of clarity and integrity because even if you do everything right, you still can end up with a negative outcome. So how do you use this time to teach your young men on Zoom about what is in front of them as young black men in America right now? I think it, 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 it's been uh, extremely tough because uh, it was almost like each month or every other week or something that was happening uh, along those lines. And we've seen it uh, before and it, it's been happening obviously in this country, but things were happening so rapid uh, at one point. And then it was really difficult for me, one, not having, generally you, you're able to go into a meeting room the next day and you see your players and you're around them and you can have these discussions and, and you talk. Now you're not around them. These guys are at their own apartments or homes or out of state or wherever. And then we're trying to get on a Zoom call to check and see one, their welfare. Uh, their well-being, how they're doing, how they're coping with things, what are they feeling uh, at this time? Because although they're on a basketball team, they obviously have a network of people, other folks that are out there that, that they're dealing with. So you really want to find out the temperature, what's happening with them. And at the same time, you know, going through the protests and everything else, who's out there marching and one, you're worried about the virus uh, with, with the march and everything going on. And at the same time, how are people responding to those marches, being that they're peaceful and everything else, and just trying to make sure that these guys understood, obviously, what was in front of them. 
I wanted to know what their feelings were. I wanted to tell them what my feelings were. Uh, well, you know, how I was feeling that, that it wasn't okay. Uh, that, that there was a, uh, obviously some, uh, uh, it, it's okay to be uncomfortable in this situation and, and to be feeling a certain way, but it's really important on how we deal with it. And I wanted to hear um, how they were, how they were feeling and see if we could talk through whatever was going on and shucks, I, I needed them to talk to me uh, as well because uh, it was obviously, and it still is, extremely difficult and it's day to day and obviously it's uh, still a moving target, but want to make sure that these guys can remain focused, positive and, and encouraged um, uh, that uh, not all people are bad people um, at, at the end of the day and, and not all cops are bad cops. And it, it, but these are the ways that you have to deal with certain situations that you're faced with and don't put yourself in a, in a situation, unfortunately, uh, and, and, and this is how you have to react uh, to certain things if you're pulled over, if you happen to be in a store, if somebody comes up to you or whatever, this is the way that you gotta react because at the end of the day, we need you to get home. We need you to get back to campus. We need you to get back to the locker room. Um, at the end of the day, and if you can bring it to us, then we may be able to dress it on a bigger level, a bigger stage a day later or, or whatever it is. But don't sit there and try to handle everything by yourself in, in being negative and responding in a negative way to allow somebody uh, to get in a situation where it's even more heated and then try to justify uh, certain situations that, that you may be in. But it's extremely tough because they all or, you know, older uh, black young men and, uh, you know, from 17 to 22, 23-year-olds and in the prime of their life. And all of them come from different stages of backgrounds um, at the end of the day. But good thing, most of our guys, uh, and pretty much all of our guys, their parents have done a tremendous job with them. And this is not something that we were waiting for. These are things that we talk about really all the time in terms of their growth and getting better, maturity level having an opportunity to make an impact in your community, how you carry yourself, how you conduct yourself uh, in all certain situations. So we weren't just waiting uh, for this, on the unfortunate incidents that have occurred. Uh, we've addressed it, and I think our guys have done a decent job of dealing with it. And Coach, I know a lot of coaches have been trying to get their, their young men registered to vote here with their lesson coming up. And how are you all going, going about trying to teach your young men about civic engagement? I feel like that's something that young men and young women don't know much about as they could about how to get involved civically. It matters locally, state, and federally. And we've seen with the pandemic, as I told you off the air, local elections matter, state elections matter because those people are making decisions for you that affects you every day. The federal is a, is a, affects you, but not like local and state does every day. So how do you talk to young men about civic engagement, knowing what's going on out there, knowing initiatives, knowing the policies, knowing who the people are out there so they can make it their informed decision on who they want to vote for and help their community? You know, uh, the good thing for us, we try to uh, do community service work and have our guys involved in, in a lot of different aspects, even during the season, uh, or um, be it Thanksgiving or feeding the homeless, or you name it, or, or being able to give back in, in, in certain instances. But We've got to make sure uh, in a more conscious and cognitive than ever before, than ever before, getting our guys together, our whole team, and making sure that each guy on our team is registered to vote, 
and then get them to tell a friend, to get a friend to bring a friend uh, to do the same thing so they can maybe sure get out and, and vote and make an impact because your, your, your vote makes a difference. Your voice obviously makes a difference, but sitting there and, and, and then we've got to continue doing a better job of bringing people in uh, from our community uh, that can share and, and, and talk to these guys to, to help them in terms of their growth as, as well. But these guys, uh, their voice count, and we've got to make sure that they understand how important this voting is so even when they leave us, they have an opportunity to make an impact with their families when they start having their own kids and bringing their own kids in. And I remember when I was, uh, my kids were younger, taking them in the voting booth with me. Uh, and so they could see me voting. And now I'm, I'm glad to say that now they come home with their own stickers uh, on because they have voted. Uh, so those things are big and, and it's exciting because I remember when I was young, having a chance to watch, you know, my parents do it. My mom and them took me uh, with them to the polls. So, uh, and this is uh, probably one of the most important elections I know in my lifetime uh, as well. And uh, I think now these folks understand um, how much an important uh, vote is and the impact uh, that it plays. And we've got to make sure that the message you get out and, and the boots are hitting the ground. And Coach, uh, how important is it for your community as being third ward of Houston out there, man? Houston down the street, Jack James High School right there. And how important is being that community at your university, man? And seeing the, the debate come to Texas Southern University this year and the show, shows put TSU out there on the main frame for everybody to see about the, the university you coach at is so great. So look about seeing your young men, how they react to having that. I know, I know you took over your gym for a few weeks there to get ready for it. But uh, how was it seeing that out there on your campus right there in the story? Sorry, Ward of Houston, right there. I tell you, we we we, we managed uh, during that time because uh, thanks to Jack Yates High School uh, and the coaches there for allowing us to use their facilities as well as uh, going over to uh, U of H. But uh, uh, there was a tremendous experience uh, having a chance to have a debate here on campus uh, where you had all these potential presidential candidates. Uh, coming here. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit inconvenient maybe for our players, but it was uh, certainly a huge impact uh, that uh, across the nation people were able to see the platform that they were on were right here in our arena. Uh, here at Texas Southern and in the trade, which we call it in the third ward, um, have an opportunity to have all those people coming in here and being on that stage uh, that can have obviously have an impact of impact in our country for years to come. And I was fortunate enough to get there uh, along with my wife and several of her, her players had an opportunity uh, to attend as well. And uh, there's sometimes it's maybe once in a lifetime uh, that you have an opportunity to experience that. And, and not only that, uh, but not uh, only uh, months later, uh, some, uh, weeks later, maybe a month, Joe Biden came back around and came back to campus again and uh, held somewhat of a rally um, uh, after uh, feeling like that he was obviously making some, some, some progress, whatever, uh, in the race. But uh, uh, Tech Southern is a special place. It sits in a special area. Uh, the people that live here have a great deal of pride uh, in it, and they've done a tremendous job of continuing to try to build this community and uh, 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 back up uh, in, in a great sense. I guess he was in, uh, 
uh, slogan, I guess, from Joe Biden. They've done a great job trying to build it back better uh, recently because it, it's a tremendous area and, and coming here and having an opportunity to see the growth in it. And people don't realize that University of Houston sits directly across the street uh, from our campus uh, in terms of our growth in, in, in and where we sit here in Houston, but we're excited about it. And uh, you know, I thought it was a great historical moment having that uh, type of uh, event here on our campus. And I know you have loose from Louisiana coach, and I know the hurricanes came through there recently in Texas as well. So is, is there, are your family and friends okay from the hurricane that came through there a couple like a week or so ago? I know it was down on the Gulf, man. Y'all had enough problems with water and hurricanes. But I just want to make sure I know you had a roots down, make sure you and your family from and your friends are okay from that hurricane that came through here recently here. Well, I certainly appreciate that, and thanks for asking. And my hometown is about 45 miles north of Lake Charles. That's where uh the um, hurricane came in to shore right there around cameron louisiana and it came through lake charles and then made its way up north uh to my hometown and there was a lot of damage a lot of wreckage we we're very blessed and pleased that no lives there were some lives lost uh, we're fortunate that the great lord uh, spared obviously our family during the midst of uh of that terrible storm and, and all of them uh, are okay, but there's still a lot of damage in the areas and power down, and lights down, and then some had to my sister and they moved and went to a hotel, whatever, for a little bit. But I was fortunate enough uh, that it didn't hit all of Louisiana. It went up through uh, from Lake Charles north and, and headed up toward my hometown there, Derrida, Louisiana. Yeah, but my cousin, uh, Wade, Wayne Sims, uh, his son, uh, was unfortunately murdered a year or so ago, the LSU basketball player, uh, Wade Sims. Uh, they have a foundation now, he, and uh, there he was my little cousin. So what they wind up doing was getting two huge U-Haul trucks in his foundation, wind up loading it up with a lot of um, materials and goods to pass out, and they drove the trucks down to DeRitter, parked them there in a uh, shopping center parking lot, and I was able to meet them down there and distribute those goods and get those things out to the people there that were uh, in need and, and that are suffering and uh, driving in there, man, my son, uh, there are so many trees down and houses wiped out and so much devastation and everything going on that you really, really hurt for him. And so I could uh, kind of reminisce and not as bad as, as Katrina when I had a chance to go back through there after that devastation but for that area in that quicker time, there was certainly a lot of devastation and they're certainly going to be going through it for months and months to come. Uh, but uh, they've got some resilient people down there uh, that do a tremendous job of, of working extremely hard, that care about each other. So they've done a great job of rallying around each other to try to get through this as well. And last one I got for you, Coach, is I know you guys in the Innocent Swag Conference, man, you know, you play those guarantee games. And if the date's November 25th, that can take out two weeks of money that you guys can raise it. Because I know men's basketball, football, women's basketball, the money fundraising sports for, for, for the universities, especially at the SWAC level, and MEAC level. So uh, what's been the game plan trying to, you know, if, if, it's, if it's November 25th, if it's December the 4th or whatever, how to make those games up, would it be more trying to talk to maybe like a Houston or a&M or some regional teams that they want to play games and you know you can raise money for the school I guess you have to in, at, at the SWAC level there. 
You're absolutely right. And uh, at the present, if uh, one, because there was no NCAA tournament last year, we were certainly a setback uh, for, for the conference. And, and um, at the same time, you know, it's been, it, it, it's been difficult. And if they certainly move those dates back, one of the areas in uh, which we work and we look forward to is playing these non-conference games, the buy games, the money games, so to speak, uh, that certainly helps our uh, department, their team and the program. And if you even move that back to um, November 25th, that's several hundred thousand dollars uh, that we were missing in terms of those guarantee games. So I've thrown out there a fortune to be on the NABC uh, board of Congress there. And one of the things that I proposed the other day is if we can possibly play uh, some scrimmage games uh, versus Power 5 schools leading up to uh, the season, which would help just recouping some of that money. No, you're probably not getting that big guarantee check that we usually get. But if we can just get on a bus and go drive somewhere uh, regionally, uh, that we can go down and back and not even worry about a hotel to play in some type of exhibition game, it would certainly uh, be helpful to us. My hat's off uh, to the ACC and the coaches uh, that uh, voted unanimously uh, for all uh, 300 and 46 teams that are eligible to play in the state tournament uh, this year that they were uh, offering a hoping that they would put it in that type of field in the bracket. My hat's off to those guys because I say that, that they showed that they care about uh, other kids except just the ones on their team who've been missing out. And they care about other programs except the ones just in their conference uh, because of the fact that they understand and they get a feel for it. So my hat certainly uh, off to those guys. But uh, it's going to be extremely difficult. It's going to be tough. And it would be uh, remarkable if it was able to work out to where they put those teams in because that means everybody would get a big, a, a nice little bit cut of that pie that will help each of their programs. Uh, and, and it's not as much of a setback uh, as it initially would be that would help a lot of the programs at the level, especially where we are. As you know, Coach, being a Tennessee State grad, I know how it works. You know, I know, I know, I know what you guys love begins directly. So it's like, you know, I have a soft spot for you guys in the SWAC and the MEAC and being a Tennessee State University graduate, I know how that situation is very tenuous and how those, these buy games are so crucial to everybody eating, you know, whether it be tennis or volleyball. Everybody eats off those, those buy games. So it's like, I hope to God and pray that you all can get this done because I, I know how it can be a bad setback for everybody involved if, if, if it's not if that day sticks without any other way to recoup that money it could be years before you get back on track and it, it means layoffs and furloughs and we don't want that to happen so i'm hoping that we can come to a solution to get everybody even whole again in the midst of this pandemic yeah and, and i think that's the beauty of it uh one uh, i've been fortunate uh you know i'm, I'm coaching basketball college basketball at division one level and I've been at all those levels, you know, being at, uh, from LSU to University of Memphis uh, to uh, North Texas and, and being here. So I get it. You know, I, I understand uh, of, of the type of money that I uh, have an opportunity to flow in different departments, programs and at those universities. And that's why I say that I uh, really tip my hat, you know, to uh, 
uh, a Power Five conference like the ACC who jumped out there and, and said that they would like to see all to teams uh, that are eligible benefit from this tournament, and especially these young men uh, that had such a, a devastating uh, deal that they had no control over a year ago. And then with this moving target that they're dealing with this year, because there's nothing to say that there won't be a flare up and something should happen. So if they had to move this tournament up sooner than later and bracket everybody and let's get this tournament played now before we shut down again, that those opportunities would exist and, and present itself, you know, out there uh, for you. So, uh, but the good thing is, uh, just like everything else, the schools that you spoke of and being in those conferences from the SWAC to the MEAC or whatever, they're resilient. Uh, and we've got tremendous administrators and people that are uh, running from the presidents to the chancellors to the uh, athletic directors and those folks on their campus doing a tremendous job to hold things together to allow not only our kids to continue to be educated academically and, and, and pushing toward their degrees, but these young kids and young men and ladies still have a tremendous experience while they're there allowing their sports team to do what they've been able to do uh, through the years as well. Coach Jones, it's been a pleasure to talk to you again. I really enjoyed our conversation last time. I'm glad it's even better this time. So I hope to do this again with you real soon. I wish you the best of luck going forward, Coach. It's been a pleasure, man. Well, I certainly appreciate you having me on. And uh, as I told you before, you know, Coach Peel is with me now. He's a tremendous fan of yours and, and speaks so highly of you. And I just want to thank you and, and uh, for having me on your show and being here. And anytime you need me, uh, Please uh, holler, let me know, and I look forward uh, to the next time we have a chance to get together. You stay safe and uh, stay healthy, and go Tigers. Yeah, Coach, you do the same. It's just the need. Go Tigers for sure, Coach. Thank you so much, Coach, for your time today. Thanks, my man. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.